The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. concluding our series sticks and stones that we've been in for the past several weeks and we've been talking about our words and I hope that you recognize through this series that words are worth a whole lot in fact that's what we've been talking about I'll kind of review the last several weeks we started this series talking about how words are worth a lot that but we can't just speak freely we can't just say whatever we want to say because the Bible says that life and death are in the power of your tongue and so tomorrow you're eating the fruit of the words that you're saying today the words that you've been speaking. And so we can't speak freely. We have to learn to control and say the right kind of words. Week two of this series, we talked about overcoming words. And we talked about how words can either be your enemy or your ally. The words that you're saying are either hurting you and you're being overcome because you're saying the wrong kind of words. Or you can overcome in this world by saying the right kind of words by speaking God's word over yourself. Uh, Last week, Sarah taught a great message on speaking spirit. And she talked about how we need to submit our tongues to the Holy Spirit. We need to submit our words to God. And through our words, God can use our words to bring evidence to this world that God is alive and God is working through us and in us and he wants to work in them. And so today I want to talk to you about, as we, we finish this series, I want to talk to you about faith today. And I want to talk to you about the role that words play in faith. So if you've got your new song notes, go ahead and grab those. You can follow along with me. I'm going to go ahead and jump into our first point, which is this. Faith is essential. Faith is essential. Everything that we access from God is accessed by grace through faith. It means it's available by grace, meaning what Jesus did at the cross makes it available to us. Grace is unmerited favor. It's ours because, not because of anything we do, because of what God has done, because of what Jesus has done. Grace makes it available, but it's accessed through faith. Faith is a big deal. If you're going to experience the kind of life that God wants you to experience in this life, you need to understand that faith is essential. Faith is important. Faith is a big deal. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this. It says the fundamental fact of existence, this is a fundamental fact of existence to our life, is that this trust in God, which really that's what faith is. Faith is simply trusting God. It's trusting his word. It's trusting that he's for you and not against you. It's trusting that what he says he's going to do, that he's going to watch over you, he's going to protect you. You trust him. This trust in God, it it says it, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. Now notice that. You know, there is another realm that exists that is more real than the realm that we live in right now. It is a spiritual realm. It is the realm by which this realm was created. God is in the spiritual realm. He creates in the spiritual realm. You are a spiritual being. And God creates in the spiritual realm. And one of the things that we do is, through God, we access things in the spiritual realm and bring them into fruition in the natural realm. And so faith is what tells us what we see doesn't always matter. It's what God's word says. It may be what God's doing on the other side of what we can't see that's important that we have to put our faith in. It says this, it says, the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors. You read the Bible, the people that stood out, the people that were significant... The people that we pay attention to, the Moses, the Abrahams, the, the, the Esthers, the Davids, Jesus, they were people who learned to walk by faith. That's what set them above everybody else. 
Faith is what it goes on to say, set them above the crowd. So, so it says here that faith is a fundamental part of our existence. And if you're going to live the life God's called you to, if you're not just going to be like everybody else in this world, if you want to stand out the way God's called you to in this world and be the salt and the light and the love he's called you to be, you're going to have to learn to walk by faith. You're going to have to learn that faith is essential. It goes on to say a couple of verses later, verse 6 of Hebrews 11, it says, Without faith, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, if we're not careful, we can read a verse like that. And maybe you've had some experience with, with people in your life that were hard to please. Maybe you had a parent that no matter what you did, you never could please them. It was never good enough. Maybe you have a boss that's that way. Maybe you have a coworker, somebody that you work with, and it's just like no matter what you do, it's never enough. They are impossible to please. And if we're not careful, we, we tend to read that verse this way, and we kind, of, we kind of see it as God's impossible to please. Like God is up in heaven. He's this distant deity in heaven that's watching us. It's looking in our life, and, and he's just kind of nodding, shaking his head and has his arms crossed and is just not pleased with the way we're living our life. But, but that's not at all the posture of God. That's not the Father that, that is our God. That's not how he looks at you. In fact, to understand this verse, you really need to understand what pleases God. And Jesus explained what pleases God in Luke 12, verse 32. He said, it is your Father's good pleasure, it pleases God, look at this, to give you the kingdom. So you know what pleases God? You being pleased. That's what pleases God. You being blessed. You being taken care of. You, you being healthy in your body. Your family not being divided. Your family not being broken. You not struggling with sin. It pleases God for you to be pleased, for you to be blessed. So, so if we, we understand that, here's how we read that verse. Without faith, it's impossible for God to bless you the way he wants to. You guys tracking with me this morning? God loves you. He's for you and not against you. He wants to do good things in your life. And faith is essential. It's important to you stepping into some of the things God wants you to experience. It's important that you have this belief in God, that you see God the right way, that you have faith in God the way you need to. Faith is essential. Okay, so back to words, right? Because we're in a series about words. What, what does this have to do with words? Well, when you really begin to study scripture and look at faith, what you're going to discover is faith and your words go hand in hand. Faith and words are a big deal. In fact, one of the ways that we, we come to the faith we need to come to is by the words that we're saying. In fact, I'll say it like this. Faith is based on living your life and speaking based on things you cannot see. That's really a big part of what faith is all about, this walk of faith that we're called to. Now, this is hard for us as human beings in the world that we live in. Because we live in a natural world, and we're raised to, to live in this natural world, and we, we typically we speak and we live based on what we see around us. And we're trained this way. I mean, this is how we grow up. In fact, I brought a little, a little something with me this morning to kind of illustrate this idea. Anybody remember this? These little things. This is called a, anybody remember? A C and, a C and say, right? And, and so a little C and say, this is, a, this is a critical part of our adolescence, our childhood. Some of you may have had one of these as a kid. Maybe you've got a little baby right now. You have one of these at your home. And, and through this, we're able to teach our kids very important things like what an animal looks like and the sounds that it makes. Important stuff, right? Got to know this stuff. And so we, we get these out and we, we, you know, we, we go to our little babies and we say, okay, what's this? What's this little thing? And they go, it's a cow. We say, yes, it's a cow. And what does the cow say? 
The cow says moo. We go, okay, let's see. Does the cow say moo? Let's see what the cow says. Did you guys hear that? And we go, yes, you're right. The cow says moo. You're so smart. You're such a smart baby. And we talk to him about how we, we see these things and what they say, and this is important. And, and we play these little games with our kids. You might remember the song, Head and Shoulders, Knees and Toes, right? That song. I remember with my little babies, I remember sitting at the, at the dinner table and, and looking at them, and they'd be in their little stroller with food all over their face, and you'd go, okay, what's this? And you'd point to your nose, and they'd say, it's a nose. You'd say, yes, you're so smart. What are these? These are my eyes. Yes, those are your eyes. You're right. You're so smart. And, and we train them to see and say. Now, now, hear me. I'm not saying that we need to purchase all the see and says at Target and, and burn them all, like do a mass burning. I'm not saying we need to start a petition to outlaw head and shoulders, knees and toes. That is not my point here this morning. My point is this. Here's what you have to understand. We're raised in a world, we're trained, and we learn to think a certain way. And here's what we think. We all grow up learning to see our situations and speak based on what we see. We see and we say. That's how we live our life. The problem with that is it goes in direct opposition to what faith is really all about. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. It says, for we walk by faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Not by, say it with me, sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. This verse goes as far as to put the two together and say you cannot walk by faith and walk by faith looking at everything going on around you. You can't do it. You can't leave, live this life that's pleasing to God, this life he wants you to have where you're blessed. You can't do that if you just look at the situations around you, you look at everything going on around you, and you just say what you see. You're not going to be walking by faith that way. When it says sight there, that word sight means the external or outward appearance. The things going on, just what we see. Now, as I was thinking about this this week, God kind of gave me this little rhyming, you know, kind of thing to, to help you understand this. Okay, so here's what God told me. Because here's what we do. We naturalize. Because we live in a natural world, so we naturalize. Here's what happens when we naturalize. When we naturalize, we see things with natural eyes... And here's the problem, then we believe natural lies. You guys tracking with me? We naturalize, we see with natural eyes, and we believe natural lies. Listen, the world will lie to you. The natural world that we live in will lie to you. We cannot live based on what we see. We cannot naturalize. We have to learn to spiritualize. Spiritualize. Here's what happens when we spiritualize. We see things with spiritual eyes. How do you do that? Through the lens of Scripture. We don't, we don't just see things based on what we see in this natural world. We see through the Word of God. What does the Word say? And here's what we learn. As we begin to spiritualize, what we learn about faith is you verbalize. So we, we spiritualize, we begin to verbalize, and then here's what happens. We begin to see with our natural eyes what our spiritual eyes have verbalized. You guys follow me? Let, let me simplify it, okay? As Christians, we don't see and say, we say and see. We say and see. We say what the word of God says. And then as we speak these words of faith, we see what the word of God says come to fruition in our life. That's what we're called to do. That's walking by faith. So how does this faith stuff work? Okay, I got, let's go to point number two. If you're going to walk by faith the way God's called you to, you have to realize how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. That's point number two. Faith comes by hearing. Now, Hear me, we all have the measure of faith that God has given us. 
This isn't about trying to get more faith. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have all the faith you need. Your spiritual account is filled with all the faith that you will ever need to do everything God has called you to do. So it's not about trying to get more faith. It's really, it's about accessing the faith God has given you. Let me relate it this way. It's like having a bank account that's full of money. You can have a bank account that is full, loaded with money, but if you have no way of accessing it, it's no good to you. If you don't have a way to get to that money, it can be sitting there. You could be loaded with everything you need, but if you can't access it, it does you no good. So how do we access it? We access faith by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing, but not just hearing. It's not just hearing anything. It's hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. So we hear God's word. The word of God is like your pin number. It's your access number. It's your account number. It's what gets you access to the faith that God has given you. Just like in your bank account, your access number gets you access to the money that is in your account. God, your, your faith, hearing God's word, the word of God, gets you access to the faith that, you, that, that God has for you. Now, this idea of, of hearing is not a one-time thing. It's not just something you do one time. In fact, the, the word hearing there is actually a continuous action verb. It means, you say like this, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It's not just one time. It's not just two times because you know what? Faith leaks. You can have faith one day and then you go through life a few days and circumstances come and your faith can kind of go away. So it's not just something you do one time. It's something you've got to continue to do. Faith comes by hearing over and over again, on and on. Hearing by the word of God. You've got to hear what God's word says about your situation. But, but that's great. It's great that we have faith. It's great that we have access to faith. But you know what? You need to be able to release it too. You need to be able to spend it. It's like if I have a bank account, I can have a bank account. I can know the account number that gets me access to it, but I need a way to access that money so that I can go out and and spend from my account. And so how do we do that? Well, faith is released. Here's point number three. Faith is released by speaking. It's released by speaking. Speaking is like you having a debit card. That card uh, gets you access to your account, but it also empowers you to spend based on What's in that account? When, when hearing God's word gets you access to your heavenly account, speaking God's word allows you to release faith and make purchases based on what's in your account. Now, to, let, me, let me talk to you more about this. Go to Mark chapter 11. If you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 11. There's a story here where Jesus talks about this idea of how important faith is and how important your words are in relation to your your faith. Jesus in this story is walking towards this town where he's getting ready to go do some ministry. And on his way there, he walks by a fig tree. There's a little fig tree on the side of the road. And it says in the Bible that, that Jesus was hungry. Jesus got hungry sometimes, you know. He was, he was God, but he was also man. He got hungry. And he sees this fig tree. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like we don't really experience this, but it'd be like if you're hungry and we live in a world where there's apple trees and orange trees and you could just go pick one. That's the world that Jesus lived in. And so he sees this fig tree, and he thinks, I'm going to go get a little snack. And so he walks over this fig tree, and it's got leaves on it. And so typically, if a fig tree has leaves on it, it's producing fruit. But when he gets to this tree, he discovers there's no fruit on this tree. And so Jesus makes a statement, and and it's very kind of nonchalant almost. He says, well, let no one eat fruit of you again. In fact, when you read it, uh, the Bible talks about how the, the disciples, it says they overheard him. 
So it wasn't like when he saw that there was no fruit on it, he said, let no one eat fruit of you again. Like it wasn't that. It was just kind of like he saw it and he was like, well, let no one eat fruit of you again. He kept going about his business. But his disciples heard him. And so they go on into this city that they were going to and they do ministry there. A few days later, they're walking back by the same road and they walk by this fig tree. And when they walk by it, Peter looks up, sees the fig tree and sees that it is withered up and it is dead. Fig tree's dead. And Peter sees this and he's like, whoa, what, what just, he remembers Jesus, what he said and this tree is dead. And he's, so he goes to Jesus, he said, Jesus, remember what you said? Look at, look at what happened. And Jesus begins to explain this situation. And he doesn't just explain what just happened with the fig tree. He explains the bigger idea of what is really going on here. Mark 11, verse 22, Jesus says this. He said to them, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. When he says have, again, that is a continuous action verb. So he's not just saying have faith in God. He's saying be having, keep having, have faith, and keep having faith in God. Faith is important to what he's getting ready to talk about here. Faith. He says, verse 23, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So in this passage, Jesus puts a huge emphasis on what we say affecting what we believe affecting our faith. In fact, if you look at this verse, and we'll look at it here in a moment, Jesus emphasizes speaking three to one to believing. And, and, and realize, Jesus could have said it any way. But he says it a certain way. Now, think about this. Okay, this, Jesus says there's this mountain in front of you. Now, he's not literally speaking to a mountain. He's, he's speaking figuratively about a problem, a, an issue that is so big in our life that we look at it and we say, that's a mountain to me. Compared to me, that is a, that is a significant thing that I don't feel like I can, I can deal with. And he says, if you'll, if you'll speak to that and believe in your heart, that that thing can be removed. And, and look, let's look at it again together. In fact, put that back up on the screen, guys. Look, look at how it says this. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, now we're going to count, say to believe, okay? I say to you, so there's one for speaking, there's one to, for saying, okay? Whoever says to this mountain, the big, the problem, the issue, whatever that may be, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, so there's one to one, that those things he says will be done to him, he will have whatever he says, three to one, speaking to believing. Now understand, Jesus could have very easily made this two to two. He could have ended that very easily by saying he will have whatever he believes. But he didn't do that. Why? Because he wanted people to, uh, to see it this way. Listen, Jesus never just talked to talk. He, he never just threw out. Well, he's not like us where sometimes we just talk and we just keep talking. And It's incredible. When you begin to study scripture, the exactness of the word of God. Jesus was the word made flesh. What he said, everything he said was precise and well thought out. And he knew what he was, he was speaking from, from, with a perfect relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. He knew exactly what he was saying and he said it exactly the way he wanted to say it. It's amazing when you start to study this in Scripture. In fact, I was reading this week about this thing called equidistant letter sequencing. And what they've done is they've gone in and they've looked at the Bible. And they've, through this equidistant letter sequencing, they found in Scripture... Things from that, have, that are happening today that were predicted in the Bible thousands of years ago. 
Like, for example, through equidistant letter sequencing. So they go through and they take these letters, and, and sometimes you, you can't really find it until these events happen. But they found, in, in, through equidistant letter sequencing, Oklahoma City bombing Timothy McVeigh in perfect sequence. That's incredible. They, they found the Kennedy assassination. They found all sorts of stuff. Now, understand, in order for that to happen, it's not just that the words have to be right. It's that the letters have to be right. And that's, that's what we, we understand. Scripture is amazing. The Word of God is the perfect Word of God. Every letter is exact and perfect. And understand that Jesus was the Word made flesh. So when he's talking here and he says it this way, it's because he wants to say it this way for a reason. Because here's what Jesus understands that you need to understand. It's not that, it's not that speaking is more important than believing. It's that in order for you to believe, you've got to speak. If you're going to believe the right way, it's going to take you getting your mouth lined up with what God's word has to say. Your mouth. Remember, we we talked about this at the beginning of the series that that our words and our our heart are connected. And and what you say affects your heart. It affects what you believe. And so Jesus is speaking to this, this idea here. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. And so as you begin to speak and release the word of God in your life, it does something to you. It begins to transform you on the inside. You begin to see things through the lens of scripture. You begin to understand things the right way. You begin to to have a greater capacity for faith, to believe God and what he's saying he will actually do and come through. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. There's a wonderful story in in the Bible, Mark chapter 5, if you want to flip over there. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about a woman who had this this issue. She was sick. She had an issue of blood. We'll, we'll pick it up in verse 25. It says, now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. So she had this blood hemorrhage. Now, you've got to understand the significance of this in Jewish culture. She was considered, because of this blood hemorrhage, unclean. Because of that, she could not live with everybody else. She had to live on the outskirts of society. We don't know her whole story. We don't know if she had a family, a marriage, kids. But once this happened to her, she couldn't be around them anymore. She couldn't be around normal society. It was significant. And because it's a blood hemorrhage, think about it, if you've ever lost any blood, it weakens you. And she's lived this way. And it's getting worse and worse. In fact, it says in verse 26, she had suffered many things from many physicians. But back then, a lot of the medical procedures, a lot of the, the doctors and things like that were just purely operating off superstition. And she had tried all these different ways to get this problem fixed. She tried everything and nothing had worked for her. It says she had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. Now look at this, verse 27. When she, look at this, heard about Jesus. Stop right there. She heard about Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus was the Word. So what did she hear? She heard the Word, she heard about Jesus. She heard about the miracles that he had, pre- he had been producing. She probably heard about some of the messages that he had been preaching. Heard that, that, that healing was the children's bread. She'd heard these things that are available to her. And so now she has, she's hearing, she's, faith is coming to her. She's hearing this faith stuff. What happens is she comes behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. Verse 28 tells us what led her to that. For she, everybody say, said, try it again, said, She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So she heard the word, 
And then she began to speak the word. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. She heard that Jesus was doing miracles. She heard uh, the word, and now she's speaking based on the word. And that encouraged her to step out and do something, to take a risk, to touch a rabbi, an unclean woman touching a rabbi. This is a big deal. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her reflection. She received her healing. And Jesus, immediately knowing... In himself, that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see this multitude thronging you, and you, you say, Who touched me? See, uh, Jesus is in this huge crowd of people. All these people are bumping up against him, and he's saying, Who touched me? His disciples don't understand it. But Jesus understands healing power has just flown through his body into this woman. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. He saw the woman, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened. She's, she's afraid. Why? Because she was unclean. She touched a rabbi. She's afraid because she knows she's healed, and she's afraid she's maybe going to lose it. She came and fell down to him and told him her whole truth. She, t- she goes into the details of what's been going on in her life. I love this. And he said to her, daughter, I love that, daughter. Look at what he says. Your faith. Your faith, your faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Jesus says your faith has made you well. This lady got the measure of faith needed to receive her healing. Why? Because she heard the word. Faith comes by hearing. And she began to speak based on what she heard. She released her faith and was willing to step out in faith because she now had the faith. She had a greater capacity to believe. Why? Because she's hearing it and she's speaking it. You see how important this is? God has things for you. He has miracles for you. He has blessings for you. He has things he wants to do in your life. But in order for you to step into some of those, you're going to have to get your believer right. You're going to have to get your faith in the right place. And the way you do that is by aligning your lips with the word of God. Because when you align your lips with the word, you align your heart with the word. And that empowers you to receive what God has for you. Faith is essential. And your words are critical to this. Your words are important. And we live in a world today where where words are very much devalued. You don't believe me, go try to buy a house and just tell them, hey, take my word for it, I'll make the payments. Don't work that way, does it? You have to sign like 7,000 pieces of paper before they will let you have a house. Why? Because words are very much devalued in the society we live in today. And realize this is a tactic of the enemy. The enemy knows how important words are. He understands how important faith-filled words are. So he's going to do everything he can to help you to, to, to devalue words, to make you not think that they're important, to get you speaking idle words. Remember we talked about that in, in week one of this series? Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said, But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give an account for it on the day of judgment. Jesus is, God is, is, is monitoring the words that you say. Your words are important. And it says for every idle word, that word idle there means non-productive, non-produceless, not useless, non-building. Here's what idle words are. They're words that we say that we don't really mean. We say things all the time. And, and you may argue with me, well, I don't, I, I don't mean that, so it doesn't really matter. Therein lies the problem. Because when we speak words that we don't mean, here's what we do. We, we numb our hearts We train ourselves that words don't really matter. And so when it comes time for us to believe for something God wants us to believe for, because we've trained ourselves that words don't really matter, I can say whatever I want to, we have a hard time believing it. Some of you are wrestling with this right now. Why? Because you've believed that lie of the enemy, that your words don't matter. And so we'll just say whatever. It doesn't matter. My words are just 
Just, it doesn't, I don't mean it. Exactly. God wants you to mean your words. Because if you can get your words and you can harness this idea and begin to speak God's word over your life, it's a powerful thing. And the enemy doesn't want you to experience that. He wants to keep you bound up in your life. Mark 9.23 says this, If you can believe all things are possible, all things are possible to those who believe. What you believe is a big deal. Your believing affects your receiving. And your speaking affects your believing. So if we're going to receive what God has for us, we got to believe that God has it for us. And in order to do that, we got to speak. you got to say. you got to say the right things. Jesus said, you can have whatever you say. Those, those are Jesus' words, not mine. He said, you can have whatever you say. If you, if you can align your words with the word of God, it's powerful. Some of you are wrestling with this right now. That's Jesus that said that. And, and I understand why we do, because we've probably seen corrupt versions of this before. Maybe you've talked to that person before, you know, that was super, a little, a little over the top when it came to this. You know, you walk up to him, how you doing? Doing fine. Yeah, you, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Do you have a cold or something? No, I'm good. Bro, you have a cold right now. No, I don't. I'm fine. Like, the Bible says that we, faith is about calling those things that be not as though they were. It doesn't say calling those things that be as though they are not. That's called lying. Uh, Abraham, who's the father of our faith, the Bible talks about how he looked at the deadness of Sarah, his wife's womb, and he looked at the deadness of his body and in faith believed. I'm not telling you that you cannot realize what's going on around you. I'm telling you that what God says is more important than what's happening around you. What the doctor says, you may have cancer. That may be true, but what God says is you can be healed. So we're not denying what the word, we're not denying the world, we're, deni- we're just choosing to believe God's word over the world, over what the word says. And when you do that, my friends, it is powerful in your life. In fact, that's my fourth point. Words of faith are powerful. Now listen, words of faith in God and in his word. Not just words of faith. I'm not talking about having faith in faith this morning. I'm talking about having faith in God. And in his word and what it says. That's what this is all about. Faith in God. There's an incredible story in, uh, in Matthew chapter 8. Where there's a centurion who comes to Jesus. The centurion was a captain of the Roman guard who was over a hundred men. Centurion, century is a hundred. A centurion was over a hundred men. And he comes to Jesus because one of his servants is sick. We'll pick this up in uh, verse 5. Now... When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now check this out. This is amazing. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. I don't know how many of us would have the guts that if Jesus said, okay, I'm going to come and heal him, we'd go, no, Jesus, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm good. You just, you just say a word. And he'll be healed. And then he goes, so he goes on to explain it. This is amazing. He says this in verse 9. For I also am a man under authority. Now here's what he's saying here. I'm, I'm a man under authority in the Roman Empire. I'm under authority because I'm under authority. I have authority. And he's saying I'm also. So he's saying this. I recognize this about you, Jesus. That you're under authority. And because you're under authority, you have authority. He says this. He says Uh, having soldiers under me, I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. 
and to this servant, do this, and he does it. And so he's saying, I, I, I speak, and people obey what I say. Things happen because I say words, is what he's saying. Verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. I don't know about you, man, but that's the kind of Christian I want to be. I, I don't want to just go through life, and I want to be the kind of Christian that Jesus marvels at my faith. Jesus marveled at his faith and said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, what was, what was the deal here? The deal was this guy understood words, the power words, and he understood authority. And so, and, and, he, and he understands this because he's, in, he's a part of the Roman army. And so he, he's used to this. He, if, you're a, if you're a soldier, if you've been in the military, you understand the importance of obeying orders. When you get an order, you obey it. And you obey it blindly sometimes. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to understand it, but you do have to obey it. And if you don't obey it, you're going to get in big trouble. It's not going to be good. And this, this, this guy understands that. He's, he's a captain, and he understands that when he says things, that things happen. And he's not leading men by the power of his sword. He's not leading his men by the power of his strength. He's not, he's not leading them that way. No, no, he's leading them by his words. And the reason his words are powerful is because his words, listen, his words are backed up by all the power of the Roman Empire. Going all the way back to the emperor himself. If one of his guys gets out of line, he knows that all his other Roman soldiers are going to back him up because they are under the authority of the Roman Empire. If all 100 of his men revolt against him, he knows that there's other armies that are going to come and back him up because he has authority, because he's under authority. So he has all the resources, power, strength of the entire Roman Empire at his disposal, and it comes through his mouth. And he looks at Jesus. And he says, I see something in you. I see that you speak and things happen. I see you using your mouth and there's things moving around. You're under authority. And listen, the authority he's under is the authority of God. That's what he recognized. You have the authority of God working for you. What you speak is coming to pass. And so I don't need you to come to my house. Just say a word. God's on your side. Just say a word and it'll be done. And his man, his servant, was healed because he got it. My friends, you need to understand the power of the word of God. The power of God's word. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. This is God talking. He said, it is, my, it is the same with my word. I send it out. Notice God sends his word out. He didn't just speak to speak. When God, when God speaks, he is sending his word out. And it always produces fruit. It always produces something good. It will accomplish all that, it, that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere it is. I send, I send it. God's word, sent from his mouth, always produces. It always accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. Now, here's where it gets really cool. Jesus had that same authority. In fact, the Bible says this in Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said, all authority. Everybody say all. all. Say it like you mean it. Say all. All. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's what this Roman centurion recognized. That authority that was given to him. Now here's where it gets really cool. Before Jesus left, he looked at his disciples. He came to them and he said this in Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority. I give you authority. Believers, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you a disciple? I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Listen, my friends, Jesus has all authority and he has delegated authority to me and you. 
And so now when you speak the word of God, listen, that word, because you're under the authority of God, that word that you're speaking from God's word has God backing it up. And all the resources, all the power, all the strength of the kingdom of God is at your disposal through God's word coming out of your mouth. So here's what that means. God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. That may be hard to believe, but it is true. God has given us the ability to say and see, to speak and change things, to change the circumstances of our life, to get ourselves out of the trouble, to move the mountain the mountains of problems that we may be seeing in our life. It's not your words. I'm not talking about you just saying positive words. I'm not talking about Dr. Phil. I'm talking about God's word. That's what's powerful. You speak God's word, and God's word coming out of your mouth is God's power to do the thing it's sent to do. So that's what we have to do. we got to be like God. we got to send our words out. We don't just speak. We don't just let our words fly. We send them into our issues. We send them into our problems. We take on the problems of our life by speaking God's word into the atmosphere of the world that we live in. And when we do that, it releases God's power to change those things. My friends, we serve a God who is powerful and who can do amazing things. We serve a God who can fix problems that boggle your mind. We serve a God who can take a one in a billion chance and make that work in your favor. We serve a God who can, who can baffle the doctors, who can, who can freak out the bankers, who can upset elections, who can change the weather. He can do amazing things. And, and he loves you. And he wants to help you. And he's for you and not against you. And so we, we got to quit just living a life where we just say and see. I'm sorry, what do we see and say? We just see what's going on and we just say, you know what, I'm going to naturalize. I'm going to see it with my natural eyes and I'll just go ahead and agree with the natural eyes. Now we got to spiritualize. We see things with spiritual eyes and we, we say what the word of God says so that we can see God's promises come into our life. God has good things for you, my friends. Faith is essential to those things and faith comes by hearing and is released by what you say. So what do you want to see? What do you want to see this morning? What's the mountain in front of you? What's the thing that you're looking at this morning that looks big? Maybe it's a physical issue. Maybe there's something going on in your body. You say, well, Pastor Josh, yeah, there is. But, you know, the doctor said that this is just, I'm just going to have to deal with this the rest of my life. That's just going to progressively get worse. I'm going to have to be on this medication for the rest of my life. It's just the way it is. I, I understand that's, that's what the doctors are saying. They said this is terminal. So, I, you know, that's what the doctor said. Okay. Are you going to naturalize or are you going to spiritualize? Because, spiritualize? because the Word of God says this. The Word of God says, with long life will I satisfy you. The Word of God says that he was wounded for your, for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace with God was upon him. And by his stripes you were healed. The Bible says that, that Jesus talked one time about how, how healing is the bread of God's children. Now think about that bread, okay? Bread is not something that's hard to come by. You can be poor and have bread. You can be rich and have bread. You go to certain restaurants and they just give you bread. It just comes because you sat down at the table. Bread is not a hard commodity to come by. God says that's how healing is. So, so okay, so what are you going to do? Are you going to believe and align your words with what the doctor said? Or are you going to agree with what God's word says? Begin to speak it so that you get the faith to believe and receive what God has for you. God has healing for every one of you. Every one of you because he's no respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for all. Maybe you're dealing with finances today, financial problems. You say, Josh, yeah, but you don't understand. I, I filed bankruptcy last year. It's going to take years to get out from underneath this. I just never can seem to make enough money. I just, it's just, I, I, my job is just, it's a dead-end job. I'm never going, okay, that's, 
That's very much what may be happening in the natural. And I'm not saying you don't say that that's happening. I'm just saying this. What God's word says is more powerful than that. And God's, God's word tells us that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. In other words, he's loaded. <laughs> he's rich in everything you need. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. He wants to meet all of your needs according to your supply. Is that what it says? No, he wants to meet all your needs according to his riches and, and his glory. He, he wants to bless you so that he gets the glory for it. He wants to bless you so you give me a blessing. That's what the word of God says. So where are you aligning yourself? Are you going to believe? Are you going to naturalize? Are you going to see and say? Or are you going to say and see? Are you going to spiritualize? I, I hope in this series, you understand the power of this thing. This is a powerful tool God has given you. No one else, no other creature on this planet has this. But you have it because you're a child of God. And you can use this with the word of God and it can be a powerful tool in your life. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Therefore, we are to choose life. Choose life. Choose to align your mouth with God's word. And I'm telling you, God will do some amazing things in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You saw church, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning in this message? What do you feel like God? Let me, I'll say it a couple different ways because maybe you're new to this church culture. You don't really understand what that means. What do you feel like God may be saying to you right now? And let me also say it this way. What are you thinking right now? Because that's how God speaks to us. He speaks to us not necessarily through a big audible voice. That's very rare. Most of the time he just speaks to us. It just kind of sounds like us. It sounds like our thoughts. What are, you, what are you thinking right now? That's the Holy Spirit, I believe, speaking to you today. Maybe God is encouraging you to, you got a mountain in front of you, and to find some verses that you can begin to align your mouth with God's word about that problem, whatever it may be. To not just, listen, don't settle, church. I really felt that strong this week. Some of us have just said, this is my, this is my, this is the way it has to be. I got to be on this depression medication the rest of my life. That's just the way it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to have this pain in my in my body for the rest of my life. That's just the way it has to be. That's naturalizing, church. Don't settle. God has better for you. I I could go into story after story of all the times I've seen this principle work in my life. Healings have taken place. I exist. My my mother, I'll quickly tear this story. My mother had endometriosis. She could not have children. Doctors told her she needed to have a hysterectomy. She found in scripture where it said that God will make the barren woman to be a joyful mother of children. And she began to speak that over herself and speak it over herself. She verbalized it until she came to a place of faith where she believed it. And you know what? She got pregnant, obviously. (laughs) I exist because somebody believed this. And I believe there's things that God wants to exist in your life that are going to exist because you believe this. Don't believe the lies of the enemy today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. During worship today, I felt like, and I, I think it's, I believe it's for this service, but I felt like there's somebody that's dealing with pain in your ankle. Pain in your ankle. I believe God wants to heal you today. That's you. Uh, come forward this morning. I'd love to pray for you. If you're dealing with any kind of issue in your body of any kind, maybe you're dealing with some kind of a problem financially. Maybe you're dealing with some kind of a problem um, maybe it's a, it's a sin issue, something that you've struggled with. 
Our, our team is here today. We're here to, to join our faith with yours. We believe in the power that comes in unified prayer, that one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two 10,000, that there's significant power released when we join our faith with others. So I want to encourage you, if you have an issue today that you're dealing with, come forward and receive, receive prayer. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I would love to pray with you over that that's you this morning with every head bowed every eye closed no one looking around unless you're coming forward for prayer Uh, with every head bowed every eye closed if that's you today you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life would you just put your hand up where I can see it real quick just kind of put your hand up you'd like to make a confession of faith in Jesus Christ and change make the greatest most significant change of your life you can do that right now by, by praying a simple prayer if you have any needs this morning We'd love to pray with you this morning. So make sure you take the time to come forward. We're going to go back into a worship song at this time. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me. I know God is speaking to some people today. I know he's moving on some hearts today. I want to encourage you as we worship God this morning. Let's just seal this word in our hearts. Let's extend our hands to heaven and let's worship God and thank him for how he has set us up to be victorious in life. He didn't call us to to struggle and to go through life hurting. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but ultimately we have the victory. And God has called us to have life on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, there's no sickness, pain. There's none of those things. So don't leave that stuff. Don't leave today with those problems in your life. Leave those at the altar today. Let's worship the Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Lord God, that we can speak your word and we can change the circumstance in our life. We choose to be people who say and see. We choose to be people who believe your word over every other thing. Lord, let the word of God be true and everything else a lie. I pray that everyone who needs prayer this morning would be drawn to your altars. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.